Good morning and welcome to ASL's HR in 10 at 10. I'm Jason Perry. And I'm Kimberly Bradshaw. And we're going to talk about some of the events over the past few days in the world of employment law and HR. So, Kimberly, we've got politicians saying interesting <laughs> things again, haven't we? Oh, don't start me off. I'm going to get hysterical. Again. You know who I'm talking about, don't I you? I know. The, the classic statement from Andrea Leadsom, uh, who said that people on furlough don't want to come back to work. Well, you know, yes, there will be a minority that are keen to go back to work. But for many, I think who wouldn't have loved to have been sat at home with nowhere to go, nowhere to spend your money on, even though you've got less money coming in and not have to work? I mean, gosh, that would have been my ideal. I'd have decorated the house by now. If, if we could just pick the days on flexible furlough scheme when the sun is shining, I think it would be a much better scheme. Yeah, I think you're right, yes. Uh, certainly it would put the element of flexible into uh, a whole new area. But, um, yeah, I just thought, what an inane comment, really. Um, yes, there's perhaps a reason she didn't become leader, who knows. It's interesting to see, because I think this came out, if I remember rightly, on Question Time, or was it, was it BBC Any Questions, but it was something like that, where she expressed that many of her constituents um, didn't want to return to work from furlough and were going to choose, redund uh, sorry, choose retirement, early retirement instead, or something along those lines. Um, and I, I guess there is a real point that the way in which people have experienced furlough um, does mean people are thinking differently about their working relationship, doesn't it? Yes, and this is another of our favourite topic, hearts and minds, employee engagement. Yep. You know, if they're nervous about going back, why is that? Is that because they don't feel safe in the workplace? We know there's been uh, surveys that have said that that is a concern for, yes. for a percentage of people. Um uh, so for me, it's about, you know, we didn't have the opportunity to carefully plan plunging into furlough, but we have an opportunity now to get people engaged, part of the mm. process, and help them back into it. Uh, it. There will be some that are absolutely desperate to go back. Yes. Um, you know, and there will be others that actually really don't ever want to step foot in an office ever again, but it's about involving everybody and getting to a position that works for all. Yeah, I think one of the things that strikes me is if you have somebody on a long-term absence, um, and the most obvious is, a, let's say, a mental health absence, stress-related yeah. illness, but equally the same applies to things like maternity leave. You have a kind of return-to-work days, you have mm. keep-in-touch days, and ways in which they still feel involved. And actually, you've, you've just nailed this a couple of moments ago with yours and my favourite phrase of employee engagement, isn't it? It's how do you work with the individual to bring them back? And it's about having a plan. It's about having a strategy to do it sensibly and not asking somebody to go from six, nine months off work where they might be enjoying their garden. They might be bored, silly, actually, but not saying on Monday you're back to a 40-hour yeah. week. There's a gentle way of reintegrating people and easing them back in, isn't there? There is. And particularly, you mentioned mental health, uh, long-term sickness. There's a great um, action plan uh, that is available that um, 
you sit down with the individual and you work out together, you know, who's responsible for what, what is going to yeah. look like good, how are we going to make this work over the next few months? And I think using something like that is absolutely key. Yes. Yeah. It's about having a plan and not just uh, taking the Andrea approach and saying they don't want to come back. Um, having talked a bit about, um, it's an interesting one, having talked about mental health and long-term absence, maybe we ought to have a little bit of back chat about uh, the TUC's views on long COVID. Yes, um, they're claiming uh, that it should be classed as a disability uh, mm. and, and thus eligible for discrimination claims. That's a tricky one. Um, you know, we don't have a lot of information about how people have been dealing with long yes. COVID. There's not no. a lot of information out there. And it, you know, if they're following, if companies are following their own processes, then, you know, what can we do? But to me, there's definitely a moral issue of what we need to look at yes. there. I, I think what strikes me is the, uh, I was about to say the Disability Discrimination Act. Obviously, that's all moved into the Equality Act. I'm showing my age, aren't I? Um, but the disability rights that we have actually lay down some quite precise details of if somebody has a long-term condition that limits their ability. Um, I can't quote the precise phrase in the way that uh, the lovely Michelle from Morbalo did on our, our, our event yesterday. Um, yeah. But I actually learned something really useful from Michelle yesterday. Um, I didn't realise there was effectively a prescribed list of conditions that automatically qualified as um, entitled to not uh, the, the, the benefit of that clause under the discrimination yeah. legislation. Um, yes, the deemed disabilities. So yes. it was things like cancer, mm. MS, that kind of thing. Yes. And I, I got the sense that the TU were trying to put long COVID into that category. Yes, exactly so. And the point being that if you have an illness like that, you shouldn't have to go through the process of proving to your employer that A, this is long term and B, it affects your ability. Um, mm. And I can see the argument for doing that with COVID. I can see the argument for it. My, my issue, I guess, is whether or not we... I suppose I prefer a light-touch approach, and we ought to be encouraging employers to take a caring and supportive approach and work with people. And the purpose of regulation is for ultimately um, when you have the employers that don't, isn't it? Yes, and for me, as as we were talking about, I, there's other illnesses that take a long time to recover. You mentioned pleurisy. Um, uh, sorry, pneumonia. pneumonia. I've uh, I've been unfortunate. I said pleurisy because I had that, um, and it takes a long time to recover. And even when you're getting back on your feet, it takes months and months and months before you're fully recovered. So. You know, it's going to open up a can of worms potentially if long COVID goes into the deemed disability category. But you know, it, it, that's a really difficult one, and, and I agree with you. I think employers need to be encouraged to do the right thing. Um, but as we also know, there are a lot of employers out there who won't do the right thing. Yeah, and there you go with that shock revelation you heard on HR in ten. Kimberly agrees with Jason. Who'd have thought that would happen? <laughs> Uh, we did disagree yesterday, though, so 
it does ha- we'll, we'll highlight that another time the it excitement does, of viewers absolutely it does happen occasionally um, I, I guess in terms of looking at these issues it, it is as we say how do we get employers to take a more um thoughtful approach and go through that um and it kind of drives me on to one of the other interesting issues that have been out there have you seen the details on the uh emails that have leaked out of the treasury leaked being possibly a slightly dramatic phrase oh my goodness yes hasn't that thrown the hr world into uh you know waving our hands and teetering on the brink of demonstrating it in government uh yes um, apparently, we could have been using uh, furlough for those in self-isolation. But as we know, you know, we all delved and delved and delved and found no evidence of that yes. at the yes. time. Do you know, it's precisely why we started this sort of event and the uh, ASL COVID HR forum last year was to try and steer and guide employers through this minefield when there was no guidance and with the benefit of a team of hr people and lawyers and accountants we came to the view quite clearly um, that there was no basis to use furlough when someone was isolating i even had an exchange of emails with an mp on this very subject who told me there was no provision for that um and It's staggering, isn't it, to find at this point, A, the Treasury is saying you could, but B, the bit that really throws me is actually you couldn't because the minimum period was three weeks and isolation was 14 days. Um, So actually it wouldn't have worked anyway, really. Not in those early days. Other issues, like if you hadn't already been on furlough, um, but all those companies and business leaders now are going to be looking and thinking, oh my God, you know, we could have used that. Sorry, I didn't mean to use a a religious term there um, in any context, but um, yeah, we could have done this and it would have helped us and it would have helped the individual. Yes. And there is nothing we can do about it with hindsight because. Furlough claims now have to be in by, is it the 14th of the following month? or um, So mm-hmm. it, it's there just it one of those lovely revelations where we look at it and go, oh, really? Yeah. And I think that about sums it up, doesn't it? I think it does, yes. yes. I think well, uh, interesting comments from government places is absolutely. the theme of this week. Totally, totally. And on that note, we've managed to do... HR in 10 in roughly 10, actually. It's uh, unusual for us. We're we're nearly a minute over, but I think that brings us to a close. So we hope these continue to be useful for you. If they are, do please click on the subscribe button on YouTube. And don't forget, you can always ask us questions when we're live on YouTube. Just type them into the chat box and we'll do our very best to respond to them live on air. But for now, thanks for watching and we'll see you again same time next week. Goodbye. See you next week. Bye-bye.